And kind Father, we also thank you now for the answer to our prayer request that is in righteousness. And we thank you for fulfilling those prayer requests that we have petitioned you earlier. And God, you are so kind and loving. Father, forgive us for our sin of omission and omission, commission and omission. Father, I'm covering myself, the listeners, our family member with the blood of Jesus, that we will not get any backlashes from this prayer in Jesus' name. Father, continue to open up our spiritual ears, eyes, heart, and mind to receive your rhema word on this morning. Father, continue to bless and open up doors for the overseer and his family members and every other family member on this line. And, Father, we give you the praise with thanksgiving because we know that you are going to answer these prayers because all of these prayer, God, is in righteousness. And you said you will do it for us. And we give you all the praises in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This is an amazing day that the Lord has made. And uh, it is time for us to praise God for what he has done. Because there's so many times like we, we miss out on small things, on how God does so beautifully for us. Like this week, uh, um, one of the biggest miracles for us is uh, uh, the, the, the man named Todd Ishi became the Secretary of State. And there's so many miracles attached to it. You know, the number one miracle is that he himself does not know that he is an answer to the prayer that we were fasting and praying over, you know. And uh, uh, I was telling Miss Sarah and others that morning, and I'm going to go there not to watch someone getting sworn in as a cabinet secretary. I'm going there to watch my miracle. Thank God. Amen. What God did, you know. I'm going there to watch this because uh, this is what we've been praying for. This is an answer. I'm just so excited to watch, uh, you know, that answer stand up and raise his hands in oath. Mm-hmm for the state, but also when he got out of that state, he said, so next week the transition work will begin for the prison. Mm-hmm. It's right in, the, in his mind, you know, and uh, uh, he even later sent me a text saying, like, uh, you know, how, he, how much he appreciates uh, our partnership. And in fact, he sent uh, a, a license plate uh, that we would stick it in the front of our truck uh, uh, as a state employee's truck, oh. uh, that we can go into any prison in South uh, in North Carolina, and that uh, we can we can park uh, or use the space that is allocated yeah. for the employees awesome. um, in the state of North Carolina. I mean, the thing is, uh, it's a miracle. You know, God does, and we, we sometimes pass by our miracle. Sometimes it's just the 
you know, what we needed to get, and sometimes what we are supposed to get, but Zero. not getting it. Yes. Excuse me. Um, Katina got disconnected. Oh, okay. I will get her. Wonderful. But, uh, you know, this is a time for the church to edify. Um, so please go ahead. Well, I've mentioned it already, but Maddie had a wonderful 16th birthday yesterday with Matt, her dad, coming, and they just had a wonderful time. The food was delicious. The building, um, it was decorated so beautifully, Um, and uh, it was just a glorious, glorious time, and we just thank God for traveling mercies for all of the, the guests, the children, and the relatives and friends, and for Matt being able to fly in on Friday night, and he'll be able to fly out today, and we pray for traveling mercy for him oh, yeah. again, and, and then all families are, are doing well. Lord, it was just a blessing, Thank a God. blessing Amen. only Amen. from the Lord. It was Amen. from him. The food, the food was overflowing. It was just marvelous. It was marvelous. And uh, my church sisters don't want me to mention it, but they did a super job. Oh, Even that friend Lee went with me after she fussed with me to go up to the venue to help me take stuff, and um, but she oh, was she all, we know we always fuss. She may be on there, <laughs> and if she is, I'm talking. I love about you, Fred Lee. I love you. <laughs> I'm not gonna talk about you. I know you're listening. <laughs> and and I'm not talking about my sisters that cook, but but uh, but don't tell them that I told you it was Barbara. Uh, and um, and I know, but don't say I said their names. But the food was just scrumptious, just wonderful. Yes, never mind. But I I won't tell. I like normal. Good morning. <laughs> it was scrumptious. I told them, y'all need to get back and uh, don't tell Barbara. I'm saying this, but. Uh, Cyril, I told Barbara that she and our Norma need to get back into catering. They used to do it. Mm. And, um, and I said, because I'm praying for a wedding. Don't tell oh. anybody I said that. <laughs> <laughs> so are you getting That's married, Ms. Jackson? No, now, wait a minute. You know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is enough for me. No, you you praying for a marriage. <laughs> I'm praying for I a wedding. I, I said I'm praying for a wedding. A, a wedding. wedding, yeah. That's what I meant. I've had my wedding. <laughs> my, I've had a wedding in 1976 and uh, 1973, I'm sorry. And that was enough wedding for me to last a whole lifetime. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're um, welcome. Just think a little deeper. <laughs> <laughs> you are quite welcome. I'm just more clarity. To, I'm just trying not to step out of my lane. You know, if I said I was praying for mm-hmm. for for Ray and and uh, Sierra, that would be stepping out of my lane. So I'm trying. Oh, to do that. oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I got you now. Just for okay. clarity. Okay, no, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my time is up. Go ahead and give y'all Amen. a great report. Amen. I just want to um, praise um, praise God that um, Georgie has found some work. Um, it's not what he wanted, um, it's, but, 
providing, you know, God doesn't do things our way, you know, he does it in his own way, and um, it's not full time, but um, I called him one night this, you know, this week, and um, he said, uh, he said, I didn't call you back because I was working. I said, you working? He said, yeah, he said that I'm catching work with one of my partners, and I'm doing, you know, some things part time, and I just thank God that he's given him a mm-hmm. mind to, to, you know, yes. to do the things that he want to do. He was doing yeah. some landscaping, and um, yesterday he was painting his um his girlfriend's um house on you oh, know wonderful. the roof on the inside, and um and you know he's doing the things that he loves to do, not the things that you know we were pushing him to do, but he's got a mm-hmm. mind to do the things that he wants to do. And I just thank God for that. I really yeah. do. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 He he says that he's not really a baker, so he bought me one of those big cookies. I said, okay. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that was that good. Was so much, yeah, um, that was great. That was great. And, so you're um, sixty-two, Mister. I'm calling sixty. What? So you're sixty-two. Are you sixty-six? Yeah, of course I am. <laughs> in another body, in another way. Yeah. <laughs> Mom, Miss Collette's yeah, not in her sixties yet. <laughs> Listen now, I'm on full Medicare now, and in July, I can collect my full Social Security. I'll be sixty-six and a half when Spear was born in 1957. To get your full Social Security, you have to be um, sixty-six and a half. So in July, I'll be on. Social Security. Right. Oh, I thought that I heard that, that you were going to be 50-something last week. Okay, never mind. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Collette, Ms. Collette, can you find out how old Miss Brenda is? <laughs> I already know. I learned, that. I learned that last week from Miss Sarah. If you want to ask a woman how their age is, don't ask them straight, but ask three months. <laughs> well, you know what, Carol? You know what? We could lie about it. We could lie about it. But we need to be blessed about it because too many people Amen. 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 It is. It is. You know, it is. A, you know, every day is a blessing. Every minute, every second is a blessing. What God has given to us, the fact that we are here is such a blessing. Uh, for such a time as this. God has given us a, a, a breath to see what he is doing uh, in our midst. Uh, um, also, over the weekend, as uh, Ms. Collette was saying, I just got reminded that, um, you know, that there was a man from Ohio, a leader from uh, one of the prison systems there, and uh, he has been after me for nearly a year and a half now to have Proverbs 2 to 6 started in Ohio. And uh, he said, Phil, I'll pay for all of this trip and everything. We want this in our state. And so, um, you know, finally uh, I told uh, 
you know, him, don't worry, sometime between April and May, we will come and kickstart Proverbs 2 to 6 in Ohio. And uh, yeah. inside one of the prisons, they already have an office for us. Um, you know, so oh, wow. we will have an office inside yeah. the prison uh, to start this. And so I am just like thankful for, you know, like what Miss Colette was saying, every Every minute, every day, every second is a blessing. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It's an absolute yeah. blessing because, like I said, too many people our age have not reached this age. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that's right. I'm blessed and highly favored, and I am. I, I, if somebody says my age, uh, what's your age? A lot of women lie about it, but why? Why would you? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a blessing to be this age. Amen. 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 This is Katina, and we don't know what tomorrow holds. And um, yeah. my, my birthday hasn't gotten here yet. It's on this Thursday, but I'm praising God today <laughs> for this day and to make it this yeah. far and this close to, mm. uh, to my my age and um, what I'll be on Thursday, 50 years old. Amen. So I just praise Amen. him and I thank him. You know, this is, I've been doing a lot of reflecting um, this month, and I'm just so eternally grateful for where he's brought me from. And I just can't tell him thank you enough, you know. I see that his hand was all in it all before. I couldn't see it back then, but I, I think back now, and I see how his grace and mercy covered for a day in a time such as this. And I just want to tell him thank you, thank you, thank you, Father, for allowing me to make it this far and to be able to join you at your work that you have planned for humanity. Thank you. Thank God. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. All right, let us go to the Lord in prayer, and then we will go into the Word. I'm trying to get this. Father, we come before your throne of grace one more time this morning. As we go into your word, Father God, we pray that you will speak to us with clarity. God, open our hearts this morning so we can listen to your voice, Father God. God, I just pray for my brothers and sisters on this line this morning. Father God, if uh, there is anyone on this line this morning, it's just like a heavy in their heart. Father God, I just, uh, you know, agree with all my brothers and sisters on this line that you will change the clothing for them, Father God, that they will change on to the garment of praise this morning. Father God, if there is anyone on this line, Father God, that is speaking to you and asking you questions about something, God, I just pray that you will answer them through this word. Father, we settle this morning into your mighty hands. You take the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, for your glory. Amen. 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 
For some of you may uh, have been following through, this is our third week in a series that we are doing on fasting and praying. Right? Bible says, uh, like a Jesus, uh, at one point, um, when uh, one of the desperate father comes to Jesus and says, like, uh, I, I took my son to your disciples and asked him to pray over my son and... Uh, you know, when they prayed, the, the, the demon did not leave. Uh, can you pray for my son? And Jesus, after he prays over and calls out that demon to come out, the, the disciples come to Jesus and say, how come we were not able to do it? We did exactly the same thing that you told us to do. We, we, we did follow the instructions to the T. And Jesus says to them, these things, these kind, right? That's what he's saying. This kind will not leave unless you fast and pray. And doing a fasting and praying in the beginning of the year is like uh, giving the first fruits to the Lord. Right? We are asking God to, to just like show us, uh, Father God, we want to know you more. We want something happening in our life. We want more action. We are done with this dull, status quo Christian life. God, we want to see you glorified through our lives. You know, we need, you know, to, to, to just have an expectation of like a having, um, like a, a, a pregnant woman walking into this brand new year, 2023, and uh, how she would have an expectation to have something birthed through her the same way. We need to have that birthing expectation as we walk into this new year. God's going to open doors that we thought was not going to open. God's going to shut the doors that's been bothering us. And God's going to open and show the magnificence of himself when we are ready to receive him. And that's what fasting and prayer does. Today, we're just going to do some more digging in this space. One of the, we're going to see today uh, why people want to fast and pray. So if you are thinking about this, right, these, these um, messages are not supposed to bring a guilt over you, but instead be an encouraging factor for you. There are like a, you know, different kinds of fasting that people do, but this, these messages are supposed to give you the strength and energy as well as an encouragement if you're thinking about doing uh, a fasting as we begin this new year. And again, we're still in the first month, so if you haven't really started, you don't need to worry. We can start any time. This is the day the Lord has made. This is probably the first day of our, you know, this is the first day of our, our new year that we have started, you know. This may be the first day of our life that we can start and just like go to the Lord. We can leave whatever happened yesterday behind because we cannot rewind and go back and fix anything or we can work with what we have and what God has given to us. 
So today, I want to talk about fighting the strongholds through fasting and prayer. Right. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Second Corinthians chapter 10. And I'm going to read from verses 3 to 6. But um, to, to begin with, let's read verses 3 and 4. The Bible says, For though we walk in flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. In the entire Bible, right, this is the only time where the word stronghold is used, and, uh, and Paul uses it so beautifully in the context. This is a, this is a beautiful place where he's just setting up um, for what is a stronghold. But before we even get to the stronghold, right, when we read this verse, there are certain things that are very clear. And we need to know about this. And I've been battling this thought and uh, there's some of the things that God is opening for me to see uh, about the strongholds has, has changed my perspective about how I would do the fight, right? And so I want to share that with you so you can actually, you know, gain momentum in your battlefield, right? The battle that we are on, right, if we read these verses 3 and 4, this is not planned according to the way this world fights uh, uh, the, the, with what we have in the world and the concerns of the world is, is, uh, is not what is involved here. What is involved in this battle is a spiritual battle. This is a war on a dimension that we don't see on the natural Right? Because the Bible, Paul's very clear. Even though we walk in the flesh, right? The battle should have happened in the flesh, but it's not. This is not a war with another flesh. This is not a fight against, uh, you know, another flesh. This is against the principalities and the powers of darkness. These are elements that we do not see through our naked eyes on a normal situation. We're battling something that is beyond, you know, our naked eyes can see. The second thing that we see is that the weapons are not physical weapons. When we go to a war, right, in this war, this spiritual war, right, you cannot take your guns and tanks and, uh, uh, and these kind of things that you use in a normal battle. You cannot take the arrows and bows and those kind of things to go into this battlefield. We need to wear on the armor of God. We need to wear the belt of truth uh, buckled around our waist. Uh, we need to have the breastplate of righteousness in, in, in place. We need to have uh, our feet uh, ready for the gospel of peace. Uh, and we need to take on the shield of faith uh, uh, so that we can fight against the uh, the flaming arrows of this evil one. We need to put on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. Uh, all the things that the Ephesians chapter 6 uh, 
you know, 14 through 17 is talking about. We need to wear them every single day of our life. We cannot go into the day. We need to speak over. Today morning, Miss Sarah sent a prayer um, on this um, that was just recorded from a message uh, Pastor uh, Charles Stanley, you know, uh, preached on in 2003. And as I was, uh, uh, you know, preparing for this morning's message, I was looking at uh, that prayer. It is a beautiful prayer where the, 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 the pastor, Charles Stanley, he says, like a put on the helmet of salvation that you will protect my thinking. I, I put on the helmet of salvation that you, God, will protect my thinking. God, I put today the breastplate of righteousness to protect my emotions on how I feel. God, I put on the belt of truth. I will know the difference between the truth and the error, right and wrong, in every aspect of my life. I put on the boot of preparation to be able to stand today to face anything that comes my way. Father, I take the shield of faith. I'm going to trust you today in every aspect of my life. Father, today I take the sword of the Spirit, your precious word. Through your word, I'm going to check you to bring your word to, the, to my mind anytime I get tempted, tired, and tested. Right? We need to put on these armor every day. We have to say these kind of words like what Pastor Charles Stanley preached on that day. Apply to ourselves. We cannot walk out to take down this enemy with what we have in our hand. Our power comes from God alone. The weapon that we have has a complete control over this enemy. And God has made a very clear statement on that rugged cross to demolish this stronghold. But here's something that I learned about this stronghold. And like I was saying earlier, it was very liberating for me. We always think that uh, the enemy has something that we want, right? The enemy has something that we want, and he put a stronghold around that, right? So that we're fighting through that stronghold to get what we want. That's our mindset. Like, uh, you know, he's got something that I want, and I'm going to fight to get it. Right. And so uh, we always fight from that angle. But actually, that's not true. What we want is already available to us. It is the strongholds that we put around us that we need to fight. We are the ones that are fighting from inside that stronghold. We have given access to this enemy to build that stronghold around us. We have given this enemy, right, 
that, that when we disobey the word of God, when we, when we disobey the word of God, we are giving that enemy a free access to our heart and our mind and our soul, saying, I'm refusing to forgive this person. Stronghold. We have given access to that enemy. I'm refusing to read the word of God every day. Stronghold. We are leaving. You know. Can, can you guys hear me? Um, Mr. Um, you know, uh, Katina, can you hear my voice? Yes, I can. Okay, good, good. Um, so we are giving the enemy an access to that stronghold, right? When we stop, you know, going to, you know, a Bible study and reading the God's Word because we are saying, God, I'm so tired today. I did all these things. I cannot do What we are doing, we're just giving our, our flesh, the weakness of our flesh, to put a stronghold around us. And we build so much of strongholds around us. We feel like, uh, you know, we are fighting against the enemy outside. Really, we need to get ourselves freed from this stronghold. We need to read God's word. We need to forgive that person that God's asking us to forgive. We need to go after the enemy and just tell the enemy that to let go of our children. We have given our children in the hands of this enemy. We have given our freedom into the hands of this enemy. We need to take back what is lost because we have freely given it to them. On the other side, our, our blessing is waiting for us to be possessed, but we need to free ourselves against the strongholds. In fact, yesterday when I was talking to this man uh, at Cartwright Correctional, he was saying that, uh, you know, uh, several years ago, right, uh, uh, he, his wife, uh, he left his wife, daughter, and his son outside when he came into the prison. And uh, he didn't say how, but, uh, you know, his wife died and his daughter died in the process. And he was saying that his five-year-old son at that time was taken down by DSS. And yesterday, he was asking, how can we get my son back so he can come and see? You're talking about Proverbs 36. You're talking about bringing the children over. How can I get my son? And uh, he said, you know, this is this is not happening. This is out there. And uh, what God reminded me was Proverbs twenty one twenty one. What this man is seeking for is righteousness. He's hunting for righteousness. He's hunting to do the right thing of being a father to that child. And he has no idea where that son is. But because he is hunting for the righteousness, looking for his son, the Bible says in Proverbs twenty-one twenty-one that he will find life, he will find prosperity, and he will find the honor that he is looking for. The honor of being a father will be restored in this man's life. 
right? But his son is waiting right there. He, this man, has put a stronghold around him. Now he needs to get out of that stronghold, right, to fight this battle. Today morning, right, this stronghold that, uh, you know, we are talking about, we are talking about, we need to know this stronghold. We need to know how we need to battle these things uh, because sometimes we are battling, we are battling but in the wrong way. We're using the weapons in the wrong way. We're not actually fighting that enemy, and the enemy is just out there laughing at us because we are not doing the fight the right way. And Paul goes on to explain what these strongholds and fortifications are. Right? He says, casting down, verse 5, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. I want you to chew on this word. He's talking about the arguments. They are nothing but philosophies and reasonings and the schemes of this earth, right? And, and, and here's the picture that God is painting to us. You know, as a Christian, we're wearing this armor, right? The spiritual armor that I was talking about, right? Wearing his spiritual weapons, right? We are ready to conquer this world for Christ, right? And the moment we come out, we, when we are in a Bible study, when we are in a church like this uh, in the morning, sir, we are ready. We want to put on the armor of God. We come out and immediately we're stuck with an obstacle. The enemy throws something into our mind, right? Someone said something to us and it is just like a bothering us. Now, here's the thing. You have the weapon in your hand, the Word of God, the Spirit of God's Word is in you. You and I need to take that weapon and tell that enemy there is no condemnation nor guilt can be on us. Because the Bible says, uh, you know, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm free. I'm a, I'm a free man. I don't need any more of bondage stuck into me. And I don't need to carry that anymore in me. We need to take the word of God and say, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm the son of the living God. The Lion of Judah is going before me. And we need to tell that enemy who's putting the doubt in your mind that the God who split the Red Sea will split that Red Sea in front of me. God who put the walls of Jericho crumbling down is going before me. The God who put the, the lion, shut the lion's mouth, will shut that lion's mouth even today. The God who quenched the fiery furnace is ready to do the same thing for me today. We need to tell that to that enemy because those are the strongholds the enemy tries to put around us 
to resist the truth so we can give up on the plans God has for us. This is, there's a, there's a human reasoning reinforced and, and just like a subtle argument, right? The, the, the logic, the pretense of logic that the worldly logic. Can you imagine how big our God is? We're sitting on a ball that is spinning at 65,000 miles an hour and we are not shaken. We're just sitting here, right? And it is placed amongst all these planets that are so close to each other, but at the same time not hitting each other. Can you imagine if we are one inch closer to the sun, we will burn. If we are one inch away from the sun, we will freeze to death. But God placed us so beautifully. That's the God we serve. And that's the God who's saying, I'm ready to stand with you inside. We're always thinking that God should come and open the door so we will come out. Right? And, and, and that's how we see every problem. As if we are inside a prison and we are asking God to open the door so we can come out. God is saying, I'm willing to come inside the prison with you and fight this battle. Because the stronghold that we have put around us needs somebody to fight with us. I cannot fight that battle for you. Neither are your friends or family. The only one who can fight that battle with you against the strongholds that you put on yourself is the Lord and the Savior. The only thing that's going to bring down that stronghold is the blood of our Savior. The only thing that can take down the stronghold is the presence of the Holy God in your midst that can take that stronghold down. When we are, when we are fighting against the, the lust, the pleasures, and the greed, and the flaming you know, uh, desires that we have towards the worldly possessions and the pride that we sit on all the time, God says, I'm here to take down that enemy. I have, you know, every weapon that I've given to you to take down the stronghold. I've actually built you these weapons because I've seen thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years how these men and women have battled this stronghold. And what I've given you as a warrior is a weapon that can take down with the miraculous power of the blood that is available to us. The walls will come down. You know, the sins that we have been entertaining will stop. Right? And we will be able to surrender our mind and our thoughts as captive to the Lord. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verses 1 through 3 says, this is about the battle Jehoshaphat had and Jehoshaphat was just like a, a good man of God. He, he was doing certain things. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 through 3. I'm going to read. This is about like a Moabites. And it says like after this. What do you mean by after this, right? This is how the chapter starts after this. In order to understand what this after this, 
we need to go to Second Chronicles chapter 17, verses 1 through 3. Here is the new king, Jehoshaphat, comes to power. The first thing that he does is explained in Second Chronicles chapter 17. Here's what he wants to do when he came into power. What he did, the first thing that he did is this. He wanted to strengthen himself, right? And he stationed the troops in every fortified city of Judah and put garrisons in the land of Judah and in the, in the cities of Ephraim. And that he put like all these things. Now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the early ways of his father David. He did not seek out to the bowels. He sought the Lord uh, of his father and walked by his commandments rather than practices of Israel. The Lord established his kingdom. Right. And he removed the high places and Asherah poles from Judah. He was cleaning up the city. Right. And that's why the enemy is angry. And after this, that's where this verse starts in chapter 20. After this, after he's done all these things, the enemy is trying to throw a tantrum at him. When you try to go tomorrow after or today uh, or, or the next moment that you get a chance to take down the strongholds, the enemy will form an alliance with the multiple sources to come against you, right? And that, uh, you know, that's what was happening. The Moabites and Ammonites, uh, together with the, some of the Munites, uh, came to make war against Jehoshaphat. Then some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the sea, beyond the sea. They're already in Hazan and Tamar. Jehoshaphat was alarmed and set his face to seek the Lord. My brothers and sisters on this line, when the enemy tries to take his army and come to you, the first place that we need to go is to seek the face of our Father. And that's what Jehoshaphat did. And the second thing that he did, he proclaimed a fast throughout Judah. So the people of Judah gathered to seek the Lord. And indeed, they came from all the cities of Judah to seek him. My, my dear brothers and sisters on this line, you know, the first thing that we need to do as we go before this enemy or when we want to take this strongholds down. We need to seek the Lord. We need to search. We need to hunt for the faith of the Lord to be applied to our faith, that we are ready to take down this battle, but we are not going to take the battle on our own strength. We're going to ask the Lord. And in order for the God's spirit to interact with our spirit, we need to fast and pray. And when we fast and pray, God will give his spirit aligned with our spirit. And 
he will strengthen our spirit man. And when he strengthens our spirit man, what we battle from there is going to be so different. Because you're fighting from inside with the Lord on your side. And that the Lord that you worship and believe with all your heart, mind, and soul is actually swinging that back on your behalf. Here are some of the reasons why people normally fast and pray. We fast and pray because we want to get closer to the Lord. We want to seek God. We want to hunger and thirst for the Lord. We want to humble ourselves before God. This is to know God. Sometimes we need to take this fasting, not sometimes, all the time, actually. If we want to find God, we're not going to find God in the noise of this earth. We're not going to find God, you know, when we're listening to the Fox News and the CNNs and the CNBCs of the world. We're not going to find God in any of those noises that we hear. In order to find God, we need to shut off all the noises. In order for the noises to be shut off, we need to kill the enemy's scheme that is feeding our flesh. And we need to give the spirit man a chance to fight this battle. That's what fasting does. Sometimes, uh, you know, people fast uh, because uh, they're, they're, they're praying for a blessing, that they have undertaken a responsibility. They want to see God flourish in their work. Uh, these are the, the, the pastors and the ministry leaders. Uh, if, if you are listening to this, uh, Jesus has already left us a model before he began the ministry. He fasted 40 days. If Jesus, the son of the living God, was just like a shutting everything, shutting all the noises of the social media, shutting down all the noises that we hear on radio and TV, shutting down all those noises is very important. And the fasting is just like a source that can help us to shut down. We don't really care how many likes we get. Who cares about that? Who cares about our tweets being retweeted? Who cares about the Instagrams that just like a, yeah, so what? Your hair color is blue? Sure. Nice. Who cares about those things? Shut down all those noises that is around us. Those are the reasons, you know, why we need to fast, to shut down the noises, right? If you're looking for a spiritual breakthrough in your life, there are generational curses that we are dealing with all the time. We're dealing with the generational curse, right? In order to get that breakthrough that we are looking for, we need to fast and ask God for that breakthrough. Because the, the, what we are attached ourselves to is like a, the sins of our fathers have actually been passed on from generation to generation to generation. And we need to cut off that. And that can cut off with us. And that's why this fasting that we have begun 
right, is for our children and our children's children. The kind of things that we faced like 10, 15 years ago or 20 years ago or when we were growing up is not the same kind of a battle our children are facing today. <clears throat> I had a chance to talk to a father this week who said like a, his daughter went to college and she was taking, down, taking a class on New Testament, but the teacher that was supposed to teach this God's word is not having the same mindset. He's got this theology that is beyond, like this is outside God's word. He has his own philosophy around it. And this dad was just like worried about his daughter, right? And the, and the point that I'm trying to make is that there is a philosophy, there is a stronghold this teacher is trying to put on those children. We need to pray against that enemy who's, who's coming after our children. The blood that has been shed in this nation of America, in the streets of America, has to stop the children below the age 18 that are selling drugs and getting killed and, and, and just like getting themselves into all kinds of issues and troubles have to stop. And that power is in your hands and in my hands because it's a spiritual breakthrough that we're praying for. A generation of curse that needs to be broken. There are sometimes we, we, we're not on the right side of the wrong. We have issues that we need to deal with. Sometimes we, we all, not sometimes, all times actually, we have things in our life. These are like a pet things in our life that we know ourselves is not the right thing to do, but we take pleasure in doing those things. We need, to, we need deliverance from those recurring sins that we commit. A lot of times the pastors and preachers don't want to touch this area. Why? Hmm, if I tell my congregation that they are sinning, they're not going to accept me as their pastor. That's how they're thinking. We have to call spade a spade. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Even after we give our life to Christ, there are things that we entertain that is not pleasing before God. If you and I need to go to heaven and enjoy this life to the fullest, we need to get rid of things that is holding on to us. Recurring sins, it could be the, the things that we say and do. It could be what we say, the negative things about ourselves and about our children has to stop. We need deliverance from things that we do out of lust and, you know, fleshly pleasures has to stop. And in order for that victory to come, we need deliverance. We need it. That's the thing that Jesus is talking about. These things are not going to respond. That demon, that stronghold that we left, that unforgiveness stronghold that we left, that demon that we left is not going to leave unless we crash and burn the strongholds with fasting and prayer.
for revival, we need fasting and prayer. It's not going to happen. So many people have tried to do revival in their minds. They're thinking the revival comes when I call on this large number of people to come to my congregation into a building and I'm going to have like a prayer in the middle of all those things. Those are absolutely good. But the revival starts when we get on our knees and fast and pray. The revival begins with us first. Then that revival that is in us will overflow into the people next to us and the next to us and the next to us and the next to us. Then the revival will flood through the city that we are living in and into that nation that we are living in. But it begins with us when we fast and pray. The revival does not begin unless we repent, like how Jonah did in Nineveh. He went on to tell the people that their city is going to be burned down because of their sins. And when he finished preaching, the, the king of Nineveh got on his uh, sackcloth and started to pray to remove that stronghold from that city and because of which there was an outpouring of God's blessing that all started with the fasting of that Babylonian king in that city called Nineveh. If we need that revival to break down in our home, in our city, in our nation, we need to break down these strongholds. Uh, and sometimes uh, we see some of our family members are not in the Lord. You've done everything you can. You preached. You, you talked about the word. You did everything you can. But they're still fighting. There is an internal conflict that they're fighting. And they're not able to overcome. My dear brothers and sisters on this line, fast and pray and ask God to intervene in their life. That's the only way the demon's going to let go of that person because the demon thinks that he has a complete control over that family member of yours, the complete control over your son or your daughter. But that demon's not going to leave them unless you, as a father or mother, steps into the plate, fast and pray, and use the word of God as a weapon to go against that enemy. Sometimes uh, in the beginning of the year, you want to, you want to make some decisions and you need uh, some, some guidance and uh, directions. And that's why in the beginning of the year, it's really good to fast and pray because you're asking for God's wisdom, God's guidance for your, for your future, right? And, and some of us have like a family members that are sick, that needed to be gotten out of that sickness. Do you know that over 50% of sickness in this country is rooted in unforgiveness? And if we are praying this morning, uh, Miss Sarah was talking about like a how the, the knowledge that God has placed in her life uh, helped her to get over some of the things uh, that she was battling internally 
that was causing the blood pressure and the, you know, the things that she was fighting with that was causing her to just like get into so many illnesses today. The illness that we are fighting with is a spiritual illness and not the physical illness. And that needs to be bought, fought and won in the spiritual realm. Financial difficulties, the crisis that we face in finance is not, you know, a physical or a worldly, you know, uh, attack. It is against what you can offer to the Lord is what is being attacked. You need to take it down, you know, that enemy through fasting and prayer. David did that in Second Samuel. When his son fell sick, he fasted and prayed. You want your marriage to be restored. You want that relationship with your children to be restored. You want your relationship with your brother or sister needs to be restored. You want that relationship with your friends to be restored. Sometimes those things are not happening because the enemy thinks he has a stronghold on that space. And we need to break it down. And that stronghold is not something that, you know, he has on them. It's a stronghold that he has on you and me. If one thing that needs to change right now, you know, in this journey, it's probably us that needs to help break this stronghold. You and I need to have this stronger desire to go after the holiness of the Lord. We see that again and again and again and again in the Word. How Moses, before he went to get the commandments from the Lord, the Ten Commandments from the Lord, he had a 40 days and 40 nights of absolute fast. That's what one of the things that we can do, absolute fast, that's what he did, without eating or drinking water for 40 days. Can you imagine how much of like a fervency that Moses would have had to say, I am done with eating. I'm not going to eat one thing anymore. The Bible says he did not eat nor drink for 40 days. That's how... I'm not saying you should go on that absolute fast, but I'm saying you should have that kind of like an agony in your stomach, that the righteous agony in your stomach against what you're fighting for. You are saying to yourself, I'm going to give up this because I'm done taking that crap. I'm done taking that forward this year. I'm done with that stuff that is just like bothering me. David did that, you know. Um, his heart, you know, uh, is is what God says. A man after God's heart, heart. And even after he became the king, he constantly fasted and prayed. Psalm sixty nine ten, one of David's psalms. He says, "When I weep and fast, it's not like if I weep and fast. When I weep and fast." He's done it several times. Daniel did that, you know, when he was seeking God's timetable. 
the return of God's people from captivity, he fasted and prayed. It says in Daniel chapter 9, verse 3, I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. And he actually fasted from eating the king's meat. We saw that last week and drinking that wine. He didn't want to take any of those things because he was saying, God, how will I go home? How will my people go home? I want to go home, God. I do not know what that means for you. What is that you want to take it home? Today, God is saying, you know, if, if I've heard the prayers of Daniel, I will hear your prayers as well. Esther did that for three days. In Esther chapter 4, verses 16, it says, you know, when the Jews were, were about to get like extinguished by this evil man that planned to do this, she calls on the fast day and night for three days. She was supposed to be very fresh and young and ready for the king. But she didn't care about any of those things because he was caring, she was caring about the spiritual beauty that she can put on herself. Are you looking for that spiritual beauty? to be placed on you and get serious with the Lord. Open up your heart, open up the mind and just tell God, God, I'm ready to be clothed with the spiritual beauty today. Nehemiah did that, you know, when before building, rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Hannah did that when she fasted and prayed and asked for a son. That's how she got, you know, her son given as a first prophet in the land that needed the prophets. Jehoshaphat did that. That's what we saw today. You know, he called on the national fast. You know, sometimes when we are asking God to just like a word, don't go to that national fast. Start with a personal fast and ask God to work in your heart and my heart. But as you open, as God opens the door, you're going to spread that fast around your family and friends and then to the nation that we're living in. We'll get to that point. Ezra did that before returning to the land. Here's what I really, really love about Ezra. Uh, in the book of Ezra, chapter 8, verses 21 to 23, this is the boldness of this man named Ezra, right? He was like, a, he was like the governor uh, in Babylon, right? He didn't want to go to the king and say, King, send some people with us uh, as we go to build our city. Because he said to himself, uh, all along I was telling the king that my God will take care of me, the hand of of our God is upon all those for good, for, for good who seek him. Uh, but his power and his wrath are against all those who forsake him. So he has always told this to the king, that the hand of God will be upon me when I do what God says. 
I should do. It's only those who forsake him will get into trouble. I am seeking God. I want to do God's will. I'm not going to ask for your resources because your resources mean nothing for me. My God is everything for me. That's what he says. Joel, in, 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 you know, he saw the, the, the whole land was just like a plague with locusts. And he called on the people and said, let's go before the Lord, consecrate a faster, proclaim the solemn assembly, gather all the elders, all the residents of the Lord. Let's go to the Lord and cry out. Saints, this morning, that's what I'm here to encourage you for. This morning, I have no idea what your battle is. I talked about so many different reasons why people fast. I do not know what your reason is this morning, but here I am to encourage you. If you want to see God do mighty miracle things in your life, you know, one thing that we can do is to stop feeding our flesh and start eating God's word. As we feed our spirit, when we fast, we're actually replacing that physical food with the spiritual food. And, and as we are fasting, we're not starving, we're feeding our spirit man. When we feed our spirit man, here's what happens, right? When a decision needs to be made, our soul is stuck between the flesh and the spirit. Let me say this one more time. When you're about to make a decision, your soul is stuck between, you know, the, the flesh and the spirit that is in you. Who wins that battle is how the soul is going to go towards. When your flesh gets tempted and your spirit is not fighting, then you're backsliding and your soul is going to follow that path. But when you refuse to give the flesh what it wants and gives the spirit what it needs, we decrease and he increase at that point. Then what happens out of that fight is not yours. Then your battle belongs to the Lord. Then what you take your possessions and what you get out of that is a victory and a salvation that the Lord places in your heart, and in your life. When we fast for things, there are three kinds of fast. There, there is an absolute fast, which is like you don't eat or drink. right? And there is a partial fast, where you actually do drink, but you just say, I'm not going to eat just meat. Uh, uh, the, 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 during this time of fasting, I'm going to fast from, you know, the, the certain activities that I'm going to do. Those are partial fasts. You, you're just saying, I'm going to drink some water and eat some food, but at the same time, I'm going to fast from using the social media. Partial fast. I'm just going to not, you know, say negative things over myself or my children. Partial fast. You can either do an absolute fast or a partial fast. It doesn't matter. 
or you can do a continuous fast. What that means is like a, you take a one day in a week for the rest of the year and you start to fast on that day and pray. It could be just like a one meal during that day, the continuous fast that you're just saying, on Thursday mornings, I'm going to give up my breakfast and I'm going to give, you know, my flesh a rest and my spirit all the action that he needs. Here's what's going to happen. When we fast, we are going to expect nothing less than a miracle. Nothing less than an answer prayer. Nothing less than a clarity of mind and heart. Nothing less from the heavenly perspective. God will honor the faith, the heart, and the humility of the church. This morning, I'm here to encourage you, saints, that nothing in this world is impossible for the Lord. In the book of Second uh, Chronicles, chapter 20, God actually places a spirit upon one of the prophets' sons, right? So uh, he was a Levite, right? He was a descendant from Asaph, Asaph. Like he speaks in the assembly, he says, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle does not belong to you, but to God. Tomorrow, you are to march down against them you will see them coming up, the ascent of this, and you will find them at the end of the valley facing the wilderness of Jeruel. You need not fight this battle. That's the word that God is giving to everyone that is listening to this voice this morning. You need not fight this battle. Take your position. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, that's you and me. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. If you are looking for the word for this year, that's the word. That is Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 17. We're going to read it one more time. You need not fight this battle. That's what God is saying. You can fight this battle with your skills, and you will get the same results you got last year. But if you are looking for the results, that's for eternity, then this fight is not yours, says the Lord. You need to take your position, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. You don't need to be afraid. I, know I don't need to be afraid or discouraged because the Lord is with you. Miss Katina. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Cyril, for this uh, wonderful message of, you know, not just talking to us but teaching us the manner in which we should conduct ourselves when we hear things like, 
you know, fasting and praying? Like, what does that actually mean to us? And I really appreciate you breaking it down for us over these last few weeks so that we can understand that some things that we just can't just normally go about doing, you know, there are certain things that we have to do in order to allow strongholds in our lives and strongholds in the lives of our loved ones and in our community in this world to come down. And the Bible clearly states that some things will only take place through fasting and prayer. And these things are the, the strongholds. You know, you, you broke them down earlier, and you talked about, you know, the types of strongholds. And before I get to talking about some of those, I just want to, you know, talk about just the stronghold itself. And those things are just meant to try to keep us from the truth. They're meant to try to keep us confused. They're meant to try to keep us as far away from what God would have us to do and who he would have us to be. Keep us away from seeking his face, from his truth, his word that he has bestowed upon us. But did you know that the truth that we're talking about is actually a person and that that person is a Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? That's the enemy's job. His job is to keep us away, far away from truth, far away from, from our Lord, far away from seeking his faith, far away from being used by him to carry out his plan for humanity. So when you seek out the truth, we can learn how to fight. We can learn how to war against the wiles and the wickedness in high places that try to come and steal, kill, and destroy and divide us away from what we know God is calling us to do. He's trying to keep us from being able to stand upright in righteousness in this world that is full of darkness. He's trying to keep us from being the light on the city, on the hill. He's trying to keep us from being seasoned properly and being the salt of the earth. He's trying to keep us away from all of those things. That through fasting and prayer, we can actually seek out the truth. So are you truly ready to take down the enemy that tries to come to steal our voice, that tries to come to keep us away from everything that the truth has called us to be? So why? Why do we need to fast and pray? Well, it's the way for us to be able to come face-to-face -face and interact with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's the way to be able to seek out wholeheartedly the truth as our Lord and Savior would have it to be in our lives and in the lives of our loved ones. We're seeking out something here. We need to know something. We need to know the secret that he has for us. But in order for us to be able to get that, we have to fast and we have to pray. We've got to deny ourselves. We've got to turn down certain behaviors and certain acts and things that we're doing so that we can come face-to-face -face with him and interact with him on a, on a spiritual level that is, not, that is so much more powerful than a natural level, than anything that we can do. When we fast and we pray, he will strengthen our spirit man so that we can gain momentum on the battlefield. We know that we're constantly in war. This is a daily war that we'll be fighting until the day that Christ returns. So when we fast and we pray, God wants to strengthen the spirit man so that we can gain the momentum that we need on the battlefield. 
And the battle is a spiritual war. It's not a natural war. This is a spiritual thing that we're fighting here. We must be prepared for this battle and be equipped with the proper weapons. The weapons, too, are not natural weapons, but they're spiritual weapons. The Bible talks about them. He talks about, you know, the, uh, the, the, the proper attire that we must put on daily. This is not a, just a every other uh, a, a day thing or a seasonal thing. No, when a soldier in the natural goes to battle, he has his fatigues that, we, that he puts on. He does not go out into the battlefield exposed. He has proper gear. Every day that we're fighting this battle, we have to put on the proper attire, which is the armor of God. This is a spiritual attire that we have to put on daily. The helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of preparation, the field of faith, the sword of the spirit. When we pull on the full armor of God, we are telling the enemy that no condemnation or guilt can be put on us because we are in Christ Jesus. He has no victory. He has no dominion. He cannot win the war. He will not win the war. When we fast and we pray and we are fully armored and equipped, we're ready to take down the strongholds that try to come against us. Those arguments, the, you know, and disagreements that we have internally with ourselves and outwardly with our loved ones. Just pick, 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 pick. Pick ourselves apart internally. Pick others apart. Just constantly looking for a way to just have, to, to, to stir up an argument and a disagreement with them. That's a stronghold, saints. The noises that we sometimes hear from entities other than God. You know those things that the enemy tries to come and suggest that we're less than, that we'll never be, that we can't be, that you're not, you're not good enough, you're not equipped enough, or you know you're this, you're that. Those things, those are just noises that he's trying to suggest to us to keep us off the scent, keep us off the path of truth. Strongholds, generational behaviors and illnesses that are passed down that we feel like we just constantly got to have diabetes because our parents had it, high cholesterol because our parents had it, you know, uh, all these things passed down, mental illness passed down. No, strongholds keeping us from the truth. Negativity, paranoia, we speak to ourselves and we think about other people. We're always thinking that somebody's talking about us. We're always thinking that somebody's looking at us some kind of way. We're thinking, you know, those are negative Con negative condensate, negative thoughts, paranoia, that's what it's attached to. That is a lie. It's not the truth. It's a stronghold. Sins, transgressions, and iniquities, all of them wrapped up, they're strongholds. Lasciviousness, strongholds. Sexual promiscuity, strongholds. Unforgiveness, the ability to not be able to forgive yourself for the things that God has already forgiven you of. Therefore, you can't forgive anybody else who trespassed against you. That's a stronghold. Financial difficulty, that's a stronghold. God says that he wants us to have exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could think or ask. You know, when the, the enemy tries to say, oh, you'll never be able to get out of this. You'll never be able to get out of this mess. That's a stronghold, and it's a lie. So, you know, saints, 
God is calling us to a revival. He's calling for us to be revived. He wants us to be removed from the things that are trying to come against us and that are trying to distract us from the truth. When we've done all that we can do and nothing else seems to work in our lives, can you care enough to give your very best and live beyond just yourself and sacrifice yourself, sacrifice something pleasurable, and seek God out through fasting and praying? Only you know, only you and your relationship with God know exactly which type you really need to partake of. Pastor Cyril talked about three types, an absolute fast, where you don't eat or drink at all. Then there's a partial one, where you have certain activities and certain foods that you, certain uh, habits that you may do away from. Or a continuous fast, where one time during the week for about a week or so, you actually fast. One time during the week. My, my husband and I, we just talked about that. We talked about doing that in, in our household. But this needs to become a lifestyle thing. This needs to be something that is just not a seasonal thing or a congregational thing that happens once a month. But this is something that we need to be doing all the time. And I would like to read something that I stumbled upon recently. And it said that Jesus didn't wander into the desert by accident. But he went there on purpose. He fasted on purpose because he wanted to hear from God. David did it. Daniel did it. Abraham did it. Moses, Isaiah, Elijah, they all fasted. Will you fast because you want to hear from God? None of them were in the wilderness by accident. We're not doing this by happenstance. This is an intentional thing that we need to be doing. God wanted to speak to these people. He wants to speak to us. And what better place for an important meeting than the one where there are no distractions. Fasting and praying allows us to not be distracted by the very thing that's trying to keep us away from seeing God's face. And when we do this, saints, when we give our very best, God will perform miracles in our lives. Watch him. He's ready. He's waiting on us. He wants to do it. He has things for us that we could never even begin to even comprehend. He wants to provide us wisdom and understanding and knowledge and clarity beyond measure. He's waiting on us. The victory is already won. The war is won because he's already done it. So I encourage you, saints, to talk to him. And find out exactly what he's wanting you to turn down so that he can give you more. More. And remember to read Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter, 17th verse. Thank you, Pastor Sarah, for our weekly scripture read. The battle is already won, saints, and it belongs to the Lord. Pastor Sarah. Amen. Amen. Um, as as Ms. Katina was just like, you know, talking through, um, this is one of the messages I actually fought really hard. Uh, I mean, the enemy was just like, you know, fighting through all of these because, you know, this is the, this is the truth. This is, this is, this is our lifestyle, like what Ms. Katina said. You should make it as a lifestyle. 
we cannot leave that battleground without a victory is is assured and won. You know, even though this battle is not ours, it's his. We cannot let that enemy lose. You know, there is a saying in my, I mean, it's a Bible verse, but, you know, but it is very strongly expressed in my language. It says, Balavane Balavane Unless we bind that strong man, we cannot take the possession of what is in front of us. You and I are called to bind the strong man that is out there. Hallelujah. Let us go to the Lord in prayer for communion this morning. Amen. Father God, we bow before you in humility and ask you to examine our hearts today. Father, show us anything that is not pleasing to you. God, we talk about the recurring sins that we often just like to fall ourselves into. God, we, we were, we're just willing. Father God, our flesh is weak, but our spirit is willing. God, we're praying and asking you to forgive all of us if there is a sin that we have just entertained. Father, we wanted to give it up today, right now. You just don't want to walk away. You don't want to take that any longer on our back. That that stronghold, we just leave it right now before you. God, reveal to us any secret pride. I don't want to carry that anymore. That the pride of just like not asking for forgiveness or the pride and the ego that just like a block us from praying with freedom. Got any unconfessed sin in our life and any rebelliousness, unforgiveness, Father God, Father God, anything that hinders our relationship with you, we wanted to leave that here. We don't want to carry that any further, God. God, remind us not to take it back on after this. Can we know that we are your beloved children, having received you into our hearts and our lives, Father God, having accepted your death as a penalty for our sinfulness. The price, Father, you paid on that cross covers them all, and our desire is to live for you. God, as we take this bread representing your life, that was broken for us, we remember and celebrate your faithfulness to us and to all who will receive it today from you. Thank you, Father God, for your love. We cannot even measure the length, width, height, and the depth of it. It's extravagant. Father God, it's unmerited, Father God. Thank you for your death. Father God, on that rugged cross, it just way made the way for our life, abundant life on this earth, the full life on this earth, and the life in eternity forever. God, we receive this bread in remembrance of what you did on that rugged cross. Let's take the bread.
Bless everyone.